on a freezing, literally freezing day in the Steel mm. City. We're back. Basketball, Gavin. Basketball. Nice to see you. Is it back? Uh, in know. a fashion. I don't know. Uh, not sure if it's basketball. I've been trying to watch it, but it's quite hard because half the screen's a fucking advertising logo. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't get me going about League Pass. That's uh, I've been having back and forth uh, emails with Microsoft for the last month about basically how they sold me a, a useless product. <laughs> Is uh, yeah, you what you watch a game and within like five minutes the commentary and the sound are out by about two or three seconds, and um, yeah. they're blaming Apple basically because uh, as Microsoft wants to do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, I'm not the only one who's been having uh, those issues by the sound of it, but. Uh, Hey ho, first world problems uh, and all that. It's, it's not basketball anymore, anyway. No, it's got slightly better this week. I went on a bit of a rant uh, on on the Twitter uh, how it's just probably some of the worst basketball I can remember, like relatively, you know, uh, all things considered. But um, I don't know. Some of the games have got a little bit better. I don't know if it is or isn't. It just it's become a bit meaningless. Yeah. In, in the fact that like, so a lot of the issues I have with it are the fact that it's not a pure sports sport. Basketball doesn't exist for a sporting, sort of purely sporting reasons. If there were, you'd be looking to address uh, like the disparity in the divisions and like the way you don't play an even amount of games and you certainly wouldn't be rewarding failure consistently over and over again. So if your fans are waving like tank placards, they've, they've spent hours <laughs> like sharpieing themselves, if you know what I mean. Like that's not as the antithesis of sports, if you know what I mean, unless you're it's what the Eddie the Eagle Edwards like <laughs> heroic failure like that that's always but it also removes heroic failure from that and um so it's always about the entertainment and with nobody there to entertain and they had that real-time feedback I'd... yeah there's certainly something missing there isn't there I've used the analogy before but it's a bit like watching wrestling with no yeah. crowd yeah, it's yeah. just pointless if you know what I mean it's just people pretending to hit each other with chairs and at this point, it's people like the ball going through the hoop only matters because there's people there to watch it. And without these people there to watch it, it's getting really difficult. Yeah, it is a it's been a tough watch at times. The fixtures are piling up as well for some of these teams that have been hit by COVID. So seven and I, eleven days. I can't some... see how that's going to sort of resolve itself. Uh, there's no way the Wizards are going to make up two weeks worth of games in an already sort of compressed schedule, are they? I just no. I can't see how that's possible. So I think we're going to get to a situation come March where it's they're going to have to sort of move the goalposts and say, you know, we're going to base the playoffs on your winning percentage and stuff because it just it's just impossible. They're making make up make as game. we go along anyway. Well, I think this is why they only put the fixtures out until sort of March, haven't they? So, Does it um, really matter? We'll no, do what we need to do but, so you know, LeBron gets another are, ring. We are at. That's, <laughs> that's, liberty to, that's to the instruction, if you know what I mean. It's Le- LeBron is now the Huey Lewis and the Huey Lewis and the news of the NBA, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, Huey Lewis mentions two podcasts running. Two podcasts yeah. running. I don't think it was on our, it was on the, on the, uh, on the Swiss FM yes, podcast, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Wow, Huey, back in relevance. Back in relevance. I'm doing my best to bring him back. <laughs> We're going to get back in time. The Philly um, have kind of, when they've had their starting lineup all intact, you know, when people were missing time, they're kind of unbeaten in the East. And um, mm. when I've watched them play uh, the likes of Boston and stuff, there doesn't seem like anyone in the East who can really guard Joel Embiid if he's really at it and healthy. Um, no. That would be a worry if I'm one of the teams in the I East. That's, that's been the that's been the issue for a while, though, hasn't it? Like yeah. for the last couple of years, you could say there's nobody in the East who can guard Joel Embiid 
if he's at it and healthy, and it's the at it and healthy at the same time that... Yeah, and the surrounding sort of supporting cast seems to fit his game more now. Which, a little bit um, better. Yeah, they, they've... Um, they were really good at home last year. It was on the road, they really struggled. But um, again, I think they've only lost maybe one game at home. Um, make of that what you will. But um, yeah, with the likes of Toronto sort of scuffling out the gate and um, Miami dealing with injuries, Jimmy Butler notably, um, they're kind of padding away that lead there, aren't they, already? Yeah, so, um, yeah. It kind of looks but like... But as, as we saw last year with Miami, like getting where they, finishing where they did. No. Like it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. It's seeding. I think they're this year more than any, yeah. Without, without a crowd, it doesn't <laughs> matter. If you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, I mean, the players have made a lot of noise about not wanting to do the bubble thing again, understandably. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I don't think they're ruling it out at this stage come the playoffs. Cause, well, um, no, because they're paying them, yeah. so they're going to make them play basketball regardless. I guess some major news since we were last on air, uh, the James Harden situation has resolved itself um with him <laughs> rocking up on the on the brooklyn nets and the the ongoing soap opera which is that franchise now um i don't really like that trade for them do i don't know how you feel about it, it doesn't does it improve them who brooklyn i mean offensively brooklyn? you know they, they're, they're gonna be able to score against anyone but um defensively it looks like a major step back i don't know yes yeah no uh in terms of team balance i mean it helps them Ultimately, does does it help them ratchet up their prices and fill up the Barclays Centre? <laughs> that's what it's that, that. You know what I mean? That's that's really. Uh, what's what I'll say? Um, no, defensively they're a shit show, and I would be looking to leverage Kyrie Irving whilst he's seemingly at his highest point of value again for a while, if I were the Brooklyn Nets, because uh, one ball, three greedy ball. The dominant <laughs> players, players yeah. yeah. Like I don't. You then this. You've, you've got what now? You've got a player who started out his career as a shooting guard, running point essentially in James Harden, which is forcing a guy who is a point guard to play shooting guard mm. in Kyrie Irving. Um, I, I don't see how that like long term works. As you say, I'd be looking to shift Kyrie for some shooters. It looks a bit like a two K team, doesn't it? There, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like Brooklyn, when sort of Sean Marks came in there, and they got Kenny Atkinson, and they were all about player development and the culture. And you know, we're going to be the Spurs of the East and culture, culture, culture. That that went that quick. went really quickly. Oh it's shit! Like, so you can pretend you've got this culture network as soon as sort of you sign someone like Kevin Durant, and he's obviously got a big, strong voice there about how he wants that team. Yes. By the looks of it, um, you haven't got that culture anymore. Say so this. it's all bullshit. I was also say I was say I mean I mean like, are you implying that a team that uh, is so desperate with the with like the Basquiat stuff and the, oh, the, God, the are, are you saying they might make lots of noises about culture, but it all be fake? <laughs> yeah. I mean that, that could be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so so desperate to be relevant. Yes, really yeah, and they're so desperate to be yeah. Brooklyn. Yeah. That it's it's kind of a bit tragic. It's just yeah. I'll also say this: the bright lights are getting increasingly unkind to KD's dog. <laughs> He's. Uh... It's at the point where you even need to bick it or boozer it. One I of know. the two, bro. One of the bick or boozer. That's your option. Yeah, he didn't seem to care, but uh, it's full enough. Caruso now. It's though. full. It's Granville Waiters territory. Yeah, it's, it's full uh, Caruso. Yeah. Um, 
his is really gone now, hasn't it? It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a stress, isn't put, put it? It's a stressful that, time. That headband on to kind of like detract from the fight. You, you're bald. Yeah, yeah just, it, you, know? you know, it's all right. You're fucking rich. It won't matter. <laughs> like it won't matter. I don't yeah. know. Uh, yeah, the Brooklyn thing. It's um, yeah, they got turned over twice in a row by the Cavs. Uh, I'll say this as well. Over. The Cavs are the Cavs are like secretly my favourite team now. <laughs> Jared Allen, Larry Nance, and Colin Sexton on the floor at the same time. Yeah, it's a sight. You know, fair play to Bernie Bickerstaff. He's uh, he's got them playing. It's uh, a sight. They're a good team. Yeah, they're um, a good team. Secretly, low key. If you get the chance, watch some Cavs games. Yeah, I mean they're in the as it stands in the playoff mix. Uh, as are the uh, the Knickerbockers of New York. Yes, um, we deride Tom Thibodeau uh, on this podcast on many occasions uh, with with good reason. But, he's in um, his lane. Yeah, I think some of the hype's been a bit overboard. Um, it, it's the, the perfect... They, it's they the, aren't very good still. Yeah, it's the perfect New York Knicks team. It's a bunch of dudes who aren't very good, been like screamed at until they tr- yeah. all try hard to work together to be bang average. But isn't that the bare minimum you should expect from your team? Is it the fact that the Knicks have been so bad and so... like The players there have just not been held accountable in any way by... Sort of these previous well, I, I would say if there's one thing I do bang on about the league consistently rewarding failure, if there's the exception that proves the rule, it's the <laughs> Knicks who consistently just fail in every single possible way over and over again. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of RJ Barrett and um, Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Um, it's been a lot of those two, hasn't it? Who yes. Obviously playing a lot better than they did last year. Um, which... Yeah, RJ Barrett looks uh, better than Zion Williamson in terms of your reward for what you yeah, always like a lefty as well. Um, he's he's just, growing. He's, he's getting got the NBA body, hasn't he? So yeah, he yeah. He's together. getting better at that under the basket stuff as yeah. well. Like he's more. He's oof. a baby though, isn't he? You know, mm. you can't really judge any of these players till they're like you know, twenty two, twenty three, when they would be coming out of college in the old days. I guess you know, just trying to judge these kids at eighteen, nineteen just seems pointless. I guess I guess a lot of that depends on what sort of team they're on as well. Exactly, yes. Yeah, so, you know, if somebody goes to the Spurs and doesn't necessarily get on well, you can be like, all right, well, maybe because the Spurs... Are... If somebody goes to Sacramento and it doesn't work out, that's not a black mark against them, if you know what I mean. Like, there's different organisations, I guess, would give you different indicators. Now, what have you made of Wiseman and uh, the ball kid in Charlotte? Have you seen anything of them? Quite a bit of both, actually. Both look better than the... I forget the guy's name. <laughs> Minnesota. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that guy. Uh, that guy. Uh, names escaped me yep, as well. Names uh, escaped me. <laughs> <laughs> that dude. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Supposed to be basketball. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Uh, but yes, um, no, I've seen a lot of Wiseman. Um, yeah, I like him. He's good. I like the pick for the Warriors. I don't know if he'll be the better player out of the two over the long run. I, I fear he will be. Um, I think he's just he's so raw because he's played so little basketball. His hands seem quite small. You notice know, he's a bit of a two-handed dunker, which but for a guy that size... Um, I think that's quite good. I think there's lots of... I think it comes a certain point where hands, like feet, get a bit like Manos like de Piedros. Like Yanis. And you get a bit... Not, not so much like Yanis, because I think he's he's quite coordinated, but mm. there are... Think more Hashim for the beat, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Like You can have big hands, but that doesn't help you fucking put clap them together, if you know yeah. what I mean. I, I think he's... An outlier in the terms of, yeah. like he, he knows where his hands are. Yeah, his hands his jump move shot. independently of each other and yeah. stuff. His he's, jump shot looks nice as well. You yeah, know, yeah he's a very. He, he looks. He moves way beyond what he should. He profiles too. Yeah, it reminds he's... me of. Um, it's it sound weird, but uh, 
He reminds me of how Nerland's Noel looked like he might be. Yeah. Like rangy and long, yeah, yeah. and but springy at the same time. And But you can see Wiseman at least trying to work out where he should be. Weirdly, is, he reminds me of like a, a young Patrick Ewing when you see those highlights of him sort of just blocking shot after shot in college and stuff when he really had that mm. athleticism before the fucking knees went. Um, he kind of reminds me of that as well. He just like really like... Wow, like jaw-dropping athleticism, like the way you can close out and stuff, and just his fucking length. Like I'd say more like Hakeem than like more graceful. Well, yeah, he looks he, more. He definitely moves more graceful. Yeah, he looks more yeah. coordinated than yeah. Pat. The, the Pat is the obvious one. Is DeAndre Ayton? Yeah, he's he really come like on. A, as well, yeah, he's really come on. They're yeah. really good. The Suns. Yeah, um, yeah. I've not watched a great deal of them. I keep meaning to. They're really, the really good. It's a good, good team they've got. Yeah, I like Bridges. Both the Bridges. Bridges. The Charlotte kid. And Cameron the Jackson. Yeah. Second go, second, second go at a lad with, with an afro. Yeah, your Blazers, again, the injuries derailing the regular season. Yeah, you have to... You have to that's, that's how these things work, isn't it? You've got to have a plan for... Yeah, CJ was really dealing as well, wasn't he? He was you know, putting the sort of 40-point games up and stuff. So that's how I mean. Hopefully he'll be back in a month or so. It's uh, Nurkic who... Not really hit the ground running. Um, Long like he's time out, out. A couple of months as well, least, yeah. So and again. Get ready for a lot of Venice cancer. Be interesting to see if they can sort of keep their head above water in the West. You'd think so, really. Dame will just have to ramp it up a bit. and uh, Yeah. We'll have to. Uh, yeah. A- any thoughts of like a high seed and gone. So it's, it's yeah. now at bottom, bottom end, isn't it? As we said on earlier podcasts, the decision to kind of just have Anthony Simons as just your third guard seems fraught with uh, danger. I don't know. He's Maybe still not convinced. Well, this is his time, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. If you know it's what I mean. we like, find out now, I guess. It's, yeah. People wait for their opportunity and this is it. Yeah. still think JJ Barrett should get a phone call <laughs> from Milo Shea, but what do I know? Um, <laughs> I just want to see him back in the league. Maybe we could bring Gerald Green back. I don't know. <laughs> I'd, um, I'd kill for that. Yeah, a lot of injuries though, as we say, which is kind of a result of this stacking up games with travel. And, Woo! Um, <laughs> I read an article, the Baxter Holmes guy on ESPN wrote a thing about how the sort of physios and the team physicians and doctors have got so much on their plate with the COVID thing and you know having to deal with that without any help. That is just the attention they should be giving to sort of player injuries and injury prevention and stuff just pretty much gone out the window and it, it seems to have borne out, doesn't it? It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a lot of these injuries just obviously accidents and stuff in game, but um. It can't help, can it? Um, no. It seems to have seen a lot of sort of season injuries. Um, I'm a big one on um, one of the things in life that really fucking irritates me is the word accident. There's no such thing as an accident. An accident is just because you can't be asked to find the reason or because we're trying to not apportion blame or take anybody responsible. Everything happens for a reason and there's a sequence somewhere that's led to that chain. And I think a lot of the accidents we see are because players are tired more we see course, a lot of people yeah, just crashing like, into each like other crashing it's, when you're driving because you're tired you yeah, know? yeah it's we're just i don't know it's so desperate to keep up the the pretense that this spectacle is is thing I, th- I think to be honest they should have really leaned into it and taken the chance to play once home and away mm. and, and reduce it and yeah. because you know what i mean it's nothing to do with mm. it's nothing to do with gate receipts no more yeah your TV deal's your TV deal. I guess you have to meet a certain criteria of games, but you could yeah. do that still, I'm guessing. And I think people would find that yeah. games with more meaning attract. Well, we've been banging on about this for years. It, you know, this, like you say, it would have been a good sort of time to 
sort of just reduce the number of games and they seem to have just been so hell-bent on, no, no, we've got to get it done, we've got to crack on and stuff. That, just pretending um, things are normal yeah, when they exactly, obviously yeah. aren't, if you know what I mean. It's like the fucking, I was watching a Utah game and there's loads of fans in the arena, it's like, hey. I don't give a fucking Utah, I, I imagine. Know, I know, all Shit. these... They don't believe in Strange, science. Strangely, so all fuck. these uh, all these right wing uh, states don't seem to uh, yeah, <sighs> give a shit about about safety. Yeah, and the Kyrie thing where he just obviously just had enough for a couple of weeks and thought, "Fuck this, I'm going." You know, um, Mecca, that what you will. I'm off. But, um, yeah, and that's what I mean. I've been looking to leverage that. There's that whatever whatever is there, whatever is there in Brooklyn is not. A harmonious mix, which is gonna no. like that. That shit's TikToking, TikToking, TikTok. If you know what I mean, yeah. the fuses. I guess that's why they kind of maybe made the you know the panic trade hard and stuff. But um, is it a panic trade? Uh, I think it is. I really think it is. Yeah. If you can switch out Harden, Harden and Durant in this day and age, yeah, but you kind of you, auto- you, you automatically contending you, for the title. Yeah, but suddenly Yanis is looking around like, oh shit. Yet. I guess so. At Chris Middleton, like, fuck. <laughs> no, he's played really well. I, yes, I love Chris Middleton. I like. I remember when we went, I cheered his fucking triple-double, if you know what I mean, along with everybody <laughs> else, willing him to get that triple-double in Philly. <laughs> I forgot about that. But, but like, I've always liked Chris Middleton, but Chris yeah. Middleton isn't number two. Uh, I don't Chris know. Chris Middleton's number three. I'm not sure. I think it's the rest of that roster I'd be Hey, look, it's the, it's, it's, he's like Draymond. If Draymond's number three, you fucking got a shot. If Draymond's number two, it's that sort of scenario yeah, with him, I think. See that story that the sort of the players um, have obviously seen the sort of value of these franchises skyrocketing and stuff, and there's kind of been noise that some players want a point, want equity yeah, in yeah. these teams rather than having a contract a for extra million and stuff. So that, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch to see. Obviously, there's a massive conflict of interest. Um, it'd have to be something sort of irrelevant after they retire because I just don't see how that'd work from sort of a competitive point of view. Do you know what I mean? Uh, it's, um, if you're not going to go anywhere, then y- yeah, if you know what I mean. There's lots of legalities there, though, I yeah. imagine. If uh, you're not going to go sure. anywhere, I'm not really sure how it would represent particularly that much of a sporting yeah. in conflict of interest. If anything, the opposite, because at least they'd want to do better. Yeah. it's just <laughs> At least they want to uh, try a bit It's harder. an interesting one, though, and you can see why the likes of LeBron James and Steph Curry and these guys who have got stupid wealth would see that as being beneficial. I think it's things. a non-starter for players whilst they're playing. I think, yeah, it, that might be the It'd sort have to be of some kind of deferred equity, you know what I mean? To, yeah. like, lure someone like Kevin Durant to Brooklyn in the first place. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he was on a couple of points on that one. Yeah. But whilst players are playing, I can't see how that... No. How do you, in turn, value that as well? Like, how does that then work out? Because it's not like you can... There's a salary cap. So what? Are we just going to say, all right, well... Actually, we're going to sign Harden and Durant to the league minimum, and they're cool with yeah, that exactly. because we're giving them 5% of the team. Yeah. Like, there's uh, loads of yeah. problematic issues. I think, I think what it is, is it's a smokescreen, and it's. Um, I think it's. it's I think a, it's the players. We, we union. want more say, don't we, in it, how it, this league you, is run, I think. It's oh. basically re- you're bringing up something. It's like a straw man that they can use to that they can then destroy in the next like CBA. Yeah. That it's that 
Because ultimately, the more you push, the more you press, the more these things get challenged in a court, the more these contracts can't hold up, if yeah. you know what I mean. The more, because law, employment law applies, supersedes mm. things. So it's always a delicate thing. But it's a lot of what about as well, isn't it? It's like, okay, you've brought this up. We'll concede. How about this then? We'll, we'll give this. And sit, you know what it is? Say, it's Brexit know. fucking fish. <laughs> exactly. It's a non-issue that they bring up. So it's a straw man that you can then burn down symbolically and say, look, we defeated this. We've, we've compromised by giving up this idea of thingy. In return, we want to up the salary cap, abolish the salary cap. Very true. Uh, right, we'll have a short break and uh, we'll be... The Warriors seem to have got back on track after an iffy start once Draymond got back. They're not a contender by any stretch, obviously, and it's probably going to be 50-50 where they make the playoffs. But um, Desperately trying to reinvent themselves as the We Believe Warriors 2.0. <laughs> With is, the uniforms. Is that what we're saying? Because that's yeah. a, it's a bit what it looks like, to yeah. be fair. Um, Wiggins has looked a lot better. Um, he kind of just is what he is at this point, I guess, but... Um, at least he's trying defensively and stuff now. Yeah, uh, Wiggins is all right. Yeah. Wiggins is like... Just, if, obviously, he's massively overpaid, but... He's massively overpaid, and he seems to, yeah. like, okay, I am the third or fourth option on the team, and I'm all right yeah. with that. He's certainly Finally. an upgrade over D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Finally. Uh, Finally. Uh, but but he, he's freed from the shackles of expectation, which yeah, were always no going to be lumped on him in Minnesota yeah. after yeah. the high pick. After the the deals, there was always. I don't think he necessarily helped himself with that, and I think he's lacked awareness about yeah. who he is and how good he is and could be. But um, he seems to be happier now. Yeah. He still has a habit of just going missing. You forget he's on the court for like five minutes sometimes. There's still a bit of that. And missed just, missed a couple of three throws down a stretch in that Lakers game. He's um, one of those he's... players who. I don't even notice he's on the fucking floor. And then at yeah. the end, they're like, oh, he's got 22. Yeah. And you're like, How's, what? Yeah. How's he got 22? Uh... Second unit slasher. Yeah, they're playing Oubre a lot of minutes despite his sort of huge struggle. Kelly Oubre! Hey, if I what? had a pound for every time, right, when Kelly Oubre does eventually make a three, and the commentators then go, if he could just start making this three. <laughs> I was like... Who was it? I was saying to somebody, I think it was literally to my girlfriend, that like, uh, he's, got more, he's got more chance of growing three inches at this stage <laughs> in his career than he does of consistently knocking threes down. It's the contested ones that fucking I end up shouting at the Ooh. telly. Like, just drive to the basket. Just yeah, fake. They need to see what they've got in him. He's a free agent at the end of the year. You might as well just play him as many minutes as you can and just realise if he's, you know, going to be part of this yeah. sort of group going forward. But um, it's stuff like him and it's just... The Clay Thompson thing is, is so, such a blow. Like Steve Kerr, I was watching The Last Dance again over the last few weeks. Steve Kerr said on there, it's like when you're a really good team and you have been a really good team, one loss of a major player, it feels like you've lost five players. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it has such a dramatic effect on sort of the spacing and sort of what you can do on both ends and stuff, especially with a two-way player like sort of Thompson and stuff. So, um, yeah, they would, they're never really going to recover from that this year, which... Yeah, no. There, there are there are certain uh, there are certain players fit into systems, except for scenarios when you get a certain caliber of player where your system then morphs around the, yeah. the players you've got. And if you then lose one of those pieces, you're then stuck with 
a system built to Clay Thompson's no bound sniper game, yeah. which suddenly you've got to try and slot Ubre into, yeah. which well, is not his game. Yeah. Well, before you know, Steph would attract a double team. Now he's attracting triple teams because they yeah. don't go worry about Clay. Kick Thompson, it out, go on. Yeah. I want you yeah, to. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it it can't be underestimated what a fucking loss that was. Red Hot Utah Jazz beat the Warriors last Red night. Red Hot um, Utah Jazz, yes. They're fucking cooking, aren't they? They are. Um, Mike Conley's looking like... Mike Conley of seven of, years ago. He really is, yeah, yeah. He's, um, looking, he's looking like Mike Conley. Yeah, he's looking like that borderline all-star he was for years in uh, in uh, Memphis. And um, they've got a lot of shooting. And they're fucking launching threes at like a yes, like a Houston a few years ago level. They're fucking raining. And hitting them, though, you know, yeah. consistently. Um, they've got that inside-out game, obviously with Gobert and, and Faves and stuff. So This um, is like the end of that project. This is like yeah, the end is... of, of the Quinn Snyder cycle with yeah. this team, this thing. You it... can't plug any more bits in. No, to, it really to, is. They're not missing any more this pieces. Yeah. Like, this is it for yeah. that. So like, in the same way that, yeah, that Houston one reached the peak of what it could do. Yeah, that, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't fancy seeing them in the playoffs. They look, um, they look really good if they can stay clear of injury and um, just got a lot more offensively, less predictable than they used to be. Yeah. Um, with Bogdanovich, obviously didn't have in the playoffs last year and stuff, and uh, and Mitchell's just got that, like we said, like he's got that Dame Lillard kind of mentality now, where it's just like, yeah, I'm, I want this. Did you see Shaquille O'Neal trying to fucking clown him? And yeah, just, yeah. Like, fucking son, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. <laughs> they all hate him. Don't they all the ex- all the fucking young players, him and Barkley, they just look at him like, what the fuck are you talking about, old oh, man? It's just it's impossible <laughs> to look at a seven foot three, twenty stone bloke and. Mumbled, but but also be like, <laughs> hey, if you were fucking six foot eight, yeah, exactly. if you were six foot eight, bro, fuck it, if you were six foot ten, your game wouldn't have translated to. If you know what I mean, his game was built on literally physical mass bullying people out of the way. It's not. He's such an insecure bloke. It's it's really odd. It's just some of the stuff he comes out with. Um, I don't know. It's it's becoming borderline unwatchable. Him and Barkley on that. It's oh like, no, no! If you want unwatchable, I've <laughs> my, my idea of hell is watching meaningless basketball with fucking Kaiser Permanente covering half the screen <laughs> in a va- in an empty fucking void, listening to Chris Webber commentate <laughs> over the top of it. I've man, I've literally it. had like. I've considered my mental health watching that <laughs> basketball. And that's not a joke. Like, I'm like, what am I doing this for? I yeah. fucking hate this man. He's, like, I don't, he get, he's actually getting worse. It's, um, it's yeah. unbelievable it's how, bad. like, how he can keep getting worse. But this is a man who refuses to even admit, yeah, I tried to call a timeout. I, we didn't have, and that, <laughs> that's my bad. And I, I should have said this fucking 20 odd years ago. Fuck it. Sorry. Yeah. Not heard from Hubie since Christmas Day. I think, Oh. I don't know if we'll see him again. Hubie's on a fucking ventilator. <laughs> just precautionary. Hopefully not. Just precautionary. <laughs> listening, Hubie. Hey, Larry King went, and let's just say Hubie was yeah. looking a bit Larry Kingish. He's uh, he's up there in years. Yeah, yeah. The coverage has not been great. Yeah, uh, by any stretch. It's been yeah. awful. Sometimes yeah. it's been it's awful. Good. It's been awful. It's been the only th- the only thing that's been good has been some of the uniform choices. Oh, that I mean, I was going to say, one's except terrible. that one is oh fucking God, disgusting. Why get away from those really they nice ones? Just jump the yeah. shark. Yeah. Oh, people like the pink yeah. and the blue. So what we'll do is we'll half and half this. Beachwear. It's just fucking beachwear. How does that work know. though? I don't know. How does that half your team are blue and half <laughs> the team are pink? When you look up to pass, 
Yeah, it's there's um, three coloured jerseys on the floor. If one, if, if you're facing the other way, how do you fucking know yeah, who you're passing to? Somebody at Nike just needs to, yeah, rein it in a bit. Ah, oh, it's it's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, there's be some great ones down this stretch. Horrible. I, I really like the the Suns Valley one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not so keen. I like that one. Mm, I don't know. It looks like somebody's won a competition to design a kit. The team or something. I don't know. Hey, loads of them look like that anyway. Well, loads of yeah. them look like that anyway. So, but that that looks. I like that one. I like the colorways. Yeah. It's nice. It's sort of. It just gets away. The suns have been. I don't know. I think people over fondly remember the, the purple, all purple, orange Barclay era suns. I like the one before that. The with Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. I think people. Yeah. I, I think they were. Bound by some terrible uniforms for a long time, the Suns. So it's nice to mm. see them. But I've yeah, that that Miami one is just appalling. Yeah, it's not good. I've, wa- I've watched quite a bit of the Pacers. Um, they're starting five, obviously, and well, they lost. Um, his name's escaped me. He T.J. Warren. T.J. Warren. Obviously, they lost. Um, which not ideal, but they keep on keeping on. Sabonis has looked great. They've obviously got Karis Lever, but he's got this kidney issue, is it now? Which I don't know. I'd have been. Looking to avoid the trade, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you sent me a duff. Oladipo was probably leaving anyway, so not a great loss. And I think getting one less guy who needs the ball off that team is not the end of the world. Uh, they'd look a bit thin mm. uh, in the front court. But Jeremy Lamb's back now as well after like a year out. So yeah, um, yeah, I've liked. I quite enjoy watching them. They play really hard. And, uh, I respect the Pacers because uh, they just don't want to be shit. No. They they like actually think it's a sport. If you know yeah, what I mean, yeah, they yeah. actually think it's a sport, and that's what they're trying well, to this do. Is like come back and coming back to this thing we said about culture and stuff. Mm. And they've got an identity yeah. as a team. You know, they're going to bring guys in who they know are sort of hardworking pros who aren't going to give them shit. You know, you Malcolm Brogdon's and mm. high character guys and stuff, and they know what they are as a team. And uh, I just love watching Sabonis. He just, yeah, not, he's like a they're not interested player. in playing the stu- Oh, we'll tank. Yeah. We'll tank for yeah. picks because that'll work. Because because. You, those guys don't stay in Indiana anyway, yeah. so it's, we've got to do it differently. I, I respect that. About yeah, them. no, I, I've, been, I've been enjoying the the paces. Um, I mean, like the Hawks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't. I'm, just, I'm, I'm not. I like the reds I, and yellow. It's black. Oh, it's the bright. Uni, the yeah. uniform. Oh, I don't mind the uniforms. Yeah. So just, it, it makes like a good spectacle to look at because at least yeah. it's. Just, I'm not a massive Trey Young fan. I'm not a massive Trey Young fan at all. In fact, I would say I'm not a Trey Young fan. <laughs> not not even a, not, not like even him. one. Not even a small Trey Young fan. No, not a I'm minute Trey Young fan. I'm not know at where all. That takes you. I don't see his yeah, but um, I quite like I like John Collins. I like Cam Reddish. Yeah, I, I just I struggle to watch. Yeah, it's like you say. It's the there's the usual contenders. The Clippers are kind of winning games, but I can't watch the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. There's a, who can we cross off at this stage? Um, I think we can safely say Detroit aren't making the playoffs, can't we? Um, yes. Yes, happening. we can. We can say I don't know what I don't even what know what they've got now. I think we can pretty safely cross the Wizards off as well, and I would imagine if well they got half a brain, they'll be looking at Bradley Beal trades sometime soon. Yeah, they certainly would be. In the West, Minnesota, as we predicted, it's a shit show. Uh, not helped by the fact that Towns has been missing games and stuff. I think he's got COVID now on top of. Half his family, yeah, fucking dying of it as well. Just can't catch a break, the lad, can he? Uh, no, yeah, he's no. just wondered long term if a change of scenery is going to be on the cards for him. Just to, I don't know, some warmer climbs, yeah. Just you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I've had enough misery here, get asked to Orlando or something, bro. yeah, just like, give us a lot of break, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just seems that that's 
not going to end Seems like an exceptionally nice dude as exactly, well. Exactly, yeah. Absolute gentleman. Uh, by the I saw him on a thing so. talking about video games he loved playing with his mum. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, you can't even begin to fucking yeah. process what Paul lad's been through, can you? So I think we can pretty safely uh, cross them off as That's well. what I mean. It just um, makes it all seem even less. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see uh, how far Oklahoma go with the sort of tanking thing. Um, uh, so, I think we can cross the Pelicans off. Do you think so? I think mean, yeah. they're dog shit. I think they're dog shit. I think Zion Williams is, is, I don't know, the next Robert Trailer or something. <laughs> like, he's a center. He's a center. If you watch them, if you've tried watching them, like, it, basically, Brandon Ingram is too good and he's fucking it all up. I don't know why JJ Reddick's still on that team either. I know he's got a history with Stan Van and stuff, and, mm. uh, but it just seems like he maybe probably... he likes Jambalaya or something. I, I, don't I don't know. know. Old jazz. I don't. I, I don't know what it is. I, I don't. But um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's Brandon Ingram is much better than Room Things for him and Zion Williams. I'm, I'm loving the Williamson. things. Williamson. Williamson. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Shit. It always gets me. <laughs> Always gets me that. But I, I see loads of things saying, oh, when will he make his superstar leap? And you're looking at it and you're like, I don't know where you think there's going to be a superstar leap here. He looks like a college player playing in the NBA. Do you know the style of basketball he plays? Yes. Yeah. Whereas I'm more physically gifted than you, so I'm just going to yeah. use that to my advantage. And it doesn't doesn't look like it's going to translate to sort of long-term success. I don't Fucking know. Blake Griffin. We've just watched <laughs> what happens to these dudes, if you know what I mean. It's just what he looks like. Yeah. He's just wandering around on the edge perimeter half the time. Yeah, there's certainly a lot more hype than actual substance. I he can't jump like he yeah. did either as well. That's already starting to... Oof, that, that explosive physicality. Yeah. It's going to uh, be groundbound soon. Yeah. It's going to be groundbound I, I, soon. I fear that. Larry Johnson, but like quicker. Like yeah, quicker. I mean, Larry was a bit, he wasn't that, he was big, but he wasn't that big, was he? He was a bit more sort of athletically sort of chiseled. He's a fucking big youth. <laughs> yes. Like, yes. I've, I've never seen anyone that big. Yes. He, uh, it looks like mass. Yeah. He's just, yeah. Bit mass. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like a heavyweight. Yeah. Anything else? If you mark a smart, still flopping a lot. <laughs> of course. That's what he does, isn't it? Yeah. Marcus Smart. He had is... one against the Sixers in that. You see it. With LB, Embiid sort of swung yeah. his elbow, didn't touch him, or fucking went down like a sack of spuds. That's part of his thing. On the floor, like under his your slide. skin, isn't it? That's like. I know you just make yourself like a tit. Irritanty. I, I don't know. I love his game, but just stop, stop, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> it's bloody Divac level. But also, I think you do have to. Um, I think it goes back to the Shack thing, and. Uh, I think sometimes you do have to flop to get the refs to keep the refs honest, because otherwise big dudes can just throw bows and shove people out of the way, and there's a load of non-calls in the league these days. That yeah, but it's a bit like, oh come on. Um, are we going to open the uh, the gates to the Clarence Weatherspoon Hall of Fame? Yes, it's been a while. It has. Uh, I think Uncle Cliffy wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll be back with another blazer, former blazer. Uh, not died thing. this time, though, thankfully. <laughs> Not yet, unless he's passed away peacefully.
Uh, right, we're going to take the padlock off the gates to the Clarence Weatherspoon Hall of Fame. It's been a minute. I had to double check with you we'd not already done this guy because it kind of seemed like we probably should have, but somehow he's uh, he's lasted this long. Um, a favourite of ours for more of the unintentional comedy and stories, just legendary outbursts and uh, possibly what he did as a player, statistics-wise and stuff. One Rashid Wallace. Once of uh, of the Blazers, what? champion with the Pistons. So most front for about fifty percent of the franchises. Yeah. In the Hawks' case, wasn't it one game? One game. Yeah. We'll come on to his one uh, game. His one game with the Hawks. Talks fondly of that though. Which yeah, is yeah. good team. Like, like him and Stack. Yeah. Like oh, Jason Terry. Uh, Stephen Jackson. Yes, and Jason Terry. Yeah. I'm struggling to uh, think of who else. Game. Maybe probably sought after Jersey. That. Rashid, yeah. Imagine that one. Rashid game worn. Uh, I think he's probably got it. But um, yeah, Rashid uh, Wallace. Grew up in Philadelphia, as he widely sort of publicises. <laughs> He's not shy about letting no. people know. Uh, the youngest of three sons of Jackie Wallace. Apparently, he never really knew his father growing up. Quote from him, my dad wasn't around much. It was a hard fight for my mum. Uh, words of Rashid there. Um, so, raised pretty much by his mother and his grandfather, apparently. Um, his older brothers were called Mohammed and Malcolm, um, because the father was of the Muslim faith hmm. then. See, Malcolm, not really a Muslim name, but I'm guessing after Malcolm X. Yes, yeah, uh, I would assume so. Yeah, so, uh, but Rashid had a different father who wasn't Muslim, but his mum uh, said she gave him the name Rashid uh, because, and this is a great quote, uh, I, couldn't have, I couldn't have had a Mohammed, a Malcolm, and a Fred. So, <laughs> went with Rashid. Why not? I think Malcolm's a bridge. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But Malcolm's a bridge between Fred the Wallace. two cultures there. Yeah. There's a name. I think she made the right choice with Rashid. Yeah. I'm not sure Fred Wallace would have... <laughs> Had the same ring. It could be Fred Wallace the plumber, though, couldn't it? You know, it's uh, yeah, pretty nondescript. So, um, yeah, he started playing basketball at twelve, which is pretty late, really, in terms of kind of developing. It'd have been about six three by then, I'd well, imagine. Well, yeah. Um, so by the time he was a freshman in high school, he was six seven, <laughs> um, and um, they won the city championship at uh, Simon Gratz High School there in uh, in Philly with former uh, future Blazers. Uh, guard six uh, Aaron McKee on the same high school team. Mm. So um, yeah, they were the best sort of high school team in the country for a couple of years there. Yeah, yeah, he was really massively highly regarded, wasn't he? Yeah, um, he was the best young player. Yeah, I can remember. God, going back to fucking hell, my teenagers. It might have been like the Observer Sunday Supplement or something. I had a, I remember reading an article about him when he was in high school, which was kind of an odd thing to appear in like a British yeah. sort of sport newspaper at the time and about him in high school and show, just before he went to sort of North Carolina. So the name really stuck as well because it's Rashid Wallace. Who's this dude? He's like 6'11". And like, so he was really massively hyped. Like yeah. Kind of a sort yeah, of... Yeah, no, I, I don't remember him before North Carolina. I remember the yeah. freshman when North Carolina had that like Argyle yes. diamonds. Yes, and down the side. Down the yeah, side. The Nike, yeah, yeah, the Nike that's influence. when I first yeah. became aware of Mr. Wallace. Um so yeah, he was uh, he named a high school All American and uh, played in the uh, McDonald's All American game in uh, in nineteen ninety three and uh, with future teammate Jerry Stackhouse and uh, possibly a sign of things to come. I think he was the only man to ever get ejected <laughs> from, which is basically a, a glorified high uh, yeah, yeah high school All Star game. Um, I think he got ejected for like his second technical. <laughs> so keeping his emotions under control was a theme that sort of ran right through his career, really. And he was very unapologetic about it, uh, wasn't he? Uh, oh, yeah, no, I think he was on yeah. the wrong end of a load of it. I, I, part of the reason I like Rashid is a lot of people talk about 
real. A lot of people talk about stuff. But he said a lot of things that bored out to be true later oh, on absolutely. as well. Yeah, yeah. Particularly, I'm sure we'll get to Tim Donaghy. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, like the, a lot of people, well, they're just talking bullshit. But he was, I mean, he was the first. He's where I got the WWF quote from. He's literally yeah. the guy at this point is just WWF yeah, doing yeah. whatever we need to get LeBron to the final. Yeah, he certainly stuck to his sort of principles. He was a principled, he? principled yeah. man. He nearly went to Georgetown, apparently. Um, imagine him and Iverson on the same team. <laughs> Iverson came a year later, but yeah. I think it was, came down to Georgetown or um, North Carolina. So obviously went to Carolina, played under Dean Smith for a couple of years. And not your typical sort of North Carolina recruit, if you will. They tended to kind of go for guys from sort of the south and sort of local area and stuff. They very rarely sort of brought guys in from mm. sort of the northern cities. I mean, they t- tended to go towards the Big East and stuff, didn't they? Yeah. Um, sort of in the 90s and stuff. So um, it was on that team with Stackhouse. Solidified his rep there as a sort of dominant force, really. Didn't win any national championships or anything, but um, no. fun teams to watch. He was he was treading water. Yeah. There, there were some players, there were some college players who were just treading water. Yeah, he was just waiting for the pros, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, and that's, that's what his college career amounted to, yeah. really. He um, was already on to bigger and better things yeah uh so taking number four in the draft in 95 uh it was joe smith joe was smith. the number one pick yes. that year wasn't he uh followed by antonio mcdice his teammate stackhouse went third and wallace was the fourth pick for the then washington bullets kevin garnett going fifth well, so, well a lot of names except for yeah. joe smith who yeah uh, i was hyped about that as a warriors fan at the time and didn't, didn't really pan out that well isn't it but, um, Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it's the same. If he'd have been called Rashid Smith, he'd have had a better thing. <laughs> maybe. maybe Joe Smith is just too ordinary a name. Um, maybe it wasn't his real name. It doesn't sound like it. Apart from Garnett. That's not like the name you give a hooker. Yeah. <laughs> What's your name, Joe? <laughs> Joe what? Joe Smith. Um, so apart from Garnett, really had a better career than most guys in that draft. So yeah, um, not yeah, decent pickup for um, the Sixers. Certainly better than Antonio McNeyes. Yeah, I think well, he knees did for him, didn't he? And um, and. Antonio McDyes. Well, yeah, he's, he didn't he's help himself. A, sort of, yeah, around the basket game. But um, apparently the Sixers wanted him desperately. Um, but he told his agents to tell them, don't draft me, I don't want to play at home, which, um, interesting. Um, I know a lot of guys say that they don't want the pressure of playing at home and having to deal with sort of family and the local media and sort of being viewed, and viewed as a saviour, if you will. And stuff. Yeah, so, no, I think it's, um, uh, it shows a, a fair amount of maturity as well. And that Sixers, they were in the... Yeah. They're in the shit. Yeah, until they got Iverson. After um, Barkley had gone, yeah. they were fucking awful. Yeah. I mean, Washington, not a million miles away from Philadelphia either, so I don't know. It really panned out that well. But no. uh, It's also, geographically, though, literally not a million miles away, so I no. guess that's all right. I can stay at home. I guess, but... yeah. Um, so he was on that Bullets team, which was quite heavily sort of populated in the front court with Chris Webber, Joanne Howard, yep. big jo- gorgeous George <laughs> Ertson. Um, so... Um, yeah, limited he was, opportunities. Yeah, he's a sort of tough rookie season. Really, <laughs> committed eight technical fouls in the preseason, <laughs> and then uh, another twenty-two in his rookie season. Sort of broke his thumb, missed the last fifteen games uh, of the season, but made the all rookie second team. But had a lot of sort of trouble with assistant coaches and the referees and stuff, and again just couldn't get out of his own way when it came to sort of voicing his displeasure of yeah. things, um, which would sort of be an issue. All throughout his uh, his career, um, do you want to, in their own words here? Um, Go on then. Quote: Some guys are cool, calm, and collected. Other guys are full of rage. 
it's just competitiveness, and I'm a competitive person. So that's what he had to say about that. So, uh, no, one, really, no, one really, no one really doubted his passion for the game, did they? No just... one really doubted his passion for the game. But I would say that's that's a naive young man talking. Yeah. Naive young man talking. It's uh, It's unfair of somebody to expect other people to deal with the consequences of you being unable to keep a lid on your emotions. Mm. I think the NBA had an idea of how they wanted their players to act and sort of be role models and stuff, and he just never sort of was going to be sort of put into that sort of He box, railed against it? that. Yeah. He um, railed against that. It was David Stern had a hard on in those eras, wasn't it? It was especially like... Especially from a guy like that from Philly with tattoos who was very obviously into the yeah. hip-hop sort of generation and sort of wore a headband and he didn't and shouting at refs is exactly the opposite of what David Stern was about at that time. Oh, no, it, it, it was, was the era of him insisting players wore was, suits, yeah. so we got... And he wore Timberlands and baggy X, jeans, X, didn't X, he? X, yeah. X, players in XXXXXXXXXXXXXL yeah. suits, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Just ridiculous. It was oversized suit, looking like David Byrne, if you know what I mean, in a massive... Imagine being some of their tailors charging by the foot in uh, the, the mid-90s. One did well. Woof. Yeah. So, yeah, he got traded to the Blazers for Rod Strickland, um, uh, where he really kind of made his name. Um, yes. Got ejected from their first Summit League game as well. <laughs> <laughs> his first game, <laughs> which just, it's almost laughable. At this Start point. as you mean to go on. Yeah, uh, for two technicals. So kind of started out as a sixth man on that team. Um, but they were loaded, those yes. Blazers teams, you know. Um, but sadly loaded with... I know, guys with character flaws, if you will, but, you know, J.R. Ryder, Bonzi Wells. There was the reason they got sort of rebranded as, uh, and later Zebo. There was just, God, so many players came in and out while Young sort of she was there. Yeah. He was kind of the constant for a while there. But, um, yeah, they didn't get the nickname the Jailblazers for nothing, nothing really. Yeah, there was uh, a lot of weed smoked on that team, which, uh, strangely, some of the Blazers fans had a problem with, but they never really seemed to have a problem with Bill Walton, who. Mm. Yeah, mm. also, I think um, uh, also a big weed smoker, but uh, I, I think Portland, <laughs> Portland now is all like, ooh, it's the left liberal city yeah. of riots. But I think in those days it was, uh, I don't know, a bastion of what they like to call traditional values yeah. or whatever bullshit like that is. I'd say uh, a lot of the um, the press coverage those guys received was unfair, and yeah. um, it, it must be hard playing for a team in a city where it feels like. 75% of the city is trying to trip you up anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's. I think he's alluded to that. Yeah. In kind of some of his comments sort of in his early career there. But I think he embraced the community by the time he's sort of leaving there and stuff. And uh, I think Blazers, you know, the city just remember him fondly yeah. to an extent. He just couldn't really get him over the hump. Well, I think I think they were they didn't realise what they had and they were too busy investing in an over-the-hill Scotty Pippen and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like bringing Rod Strickland back for a second yeah. time and stuff. And like just they, they just didn't realise yeah. what they had. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, talent-wise, he could pretty much do it all. Um, 6'11 guy who, apparently he was a track athlete in sort of high school as well and he could kind of, he did move pretty well in his yeah. early years before he, Kind of became more ground bound. He could really run the floor, couldn't he? I mean, yeah, he was, was never above the rim leaper by any stretch, but um, he could uh, he could play inside, he could play outside, he could handle a ball. He'd be a really good player nowadays. Like he was he, very, he, I think, another one of the great sort of tragedies about Rashid Wallace is the technicals and all the other stuff. Sort of overshadows. Way, could he? No, overshadows. Like he was an incredible player down low. Yeah. 
He was one of the last great like download technicians, yeah. if you know what I mean. And that a lot of that is lost in in the the sound bites and stuff like that. Mm. But I, I also think I can't remember where I read it a lot a long time ago. Like some of these coaches saying that like he's an incredibly smart basketball brain. Oh, God, would yeah. be an amazing yeah. coach. But yeah, the the style, the Air Force Ones, the uh, you know the headband, the nappy hair, the growing nappy out, hair, the, the baggy shorts throws. and stuff. Yeah. He was kind of one of the first guys to really embrace. Just like this is how I'm rolling, you know. This is yeah. my style and stuff. And uh, particularly the Air Force Ones. Yeah, in a time wore when them, people they? had fucking springs in their shoes. Yeah. Remember that people had springs in the heels of their shoes and well, shit. He, he had to put these massive insoles in them because obviously <laughs> the technology moved on so yeah. much. Just so you know, he fucking hurt his feet. Yeah. So. But yeah, rock them till the end, really, pretty much. I think they have to do that loads anyway. Yeah. I'm sure I was listening to a, a free economics about shoes and feet, and there was a guy who is one of the foremost like foot surgeons, and he was saying, I have a one of my biggest clients, it literally is a very famous NBA player who has his own shoes. Yeah. And I can't say who he is, obviously, but when he gets his shoes, he brings them to me, and we have to rip the inside out and like build it for his feet because this is not <laughs> built for that. Yeah. Well, you can't be doing top level sports in nah. a pair of top level sports shoes. That's imagine, not what they're built for. They're I'd built... imagine Kevin Durant's like that because his feet must be fucking really weird, long and skinny. Yeah, yeah. I believe he's got metatarsals yeah, that are yeah. fucking my femurs. Yeah, so, um, I mean, the Blazers had a lot of success, but they just could never quite get over the hump. I mean... You look at his statistics and stuff. He's not, you know, your twenty and ten guy, but there were so many mouths to feed, wasn't there, on those Blazers yes. teams? And, but he never really seemed to have a problem with that. He, by all accounts, all the teammates loved him and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's he, what I mean. He was all about the team. He yeah. wasn't about individual sort of statistics and stuff. And just a normal, regular bloke off the court. By all accounts, he was just like super chilled, and he wasn't about the sort of hanging around and fucking celebrities and stuff like you know. Yeah, he there, looks like the sort of teammate who. You know, what I mean, he a lot of his outbursts were on behalf of the team, not necessarily just Rashid. If you know what I mean, that's why teammates love. Somebody's got to say this shit, yeah. but not everybody's capable of saying it aloud. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's tough to win games if you know your best players sat in the locker room, though, isn't it? And it kind of did come back to bite him on the arse on yes. a lot of occasions. You know. Um, oh well, I mean, I mean, the most notable one is the Lakers. The Lakers. In what? I mean, yeah, you can the, just look at the fourth quarter. Sort of collapse, yeah. Well, it's not. Is it? Is it? There's also mm, there's some suspicious. There's a load of suspicious calls in there. There's yeah. a load of, and if you look at like the three throws taken, like yeah. <laughs> the, the fucking Lakers yeah. took. He got, he got suspended by the NBA for seven games, didn't he, for confronting Tim Donaghy? Yes. Sort of loading Doc, and you know. Yep. <laughs> Ooh, had that turn out? Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder where Tim had his money that night. Yeah. I'm guessing it was on the, the yellow and gold, the yellow and purple. Yeah, um, quote here from a Slam article from 2001, the Langwit Whitaker interview. Uh, question, who is Rashid Wallace? Um, says, I'm just an everyday person like yourself. I go to the supermarket, I make sure the kids are at school, I make the breakfast, this and that. I'm just a regular dad. On the court, I just try to go out there and play, be a monster, be a beast, be a goon, and that's me. So, <laughs> you know, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was kind of, I'm sure it was like an MTV Cribs or something once, and... Uh, they went to his house and he's like, 
his car was just filthy. He was yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. just a normal Ford pickup and stuff. And his house was just like a, you know, regular. It's like the Red Man one. Did you see the Red yeah, Man one? Red Man one's cousin brilliant, sleep yeah. on the sofa. He has a shoebox filled with money. Yeah, yeah. A screwdriver <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. Um, yeah, he was very much like that. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. kind of that East Coast sort of Philly Jersey mentality of just like, you know. Hey, I also think, like, like he said with those words, he was very aware of the role he played in the entertainment. To yeah, go back to the thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was that beloved heel. Yeah. If you know what I mean, the Undertaker. Well, like the, the wrestling, the yeah. wrestling belts when the Pistons won, and yeah, you know, the, like, the hype in the crowd before the games, the dancing, just absolutely, you know, legendary stuff. He is, knew what it, he, he, he understood, knew. yeah, yeah, and he yeah. got the spectacle that, side of it as well, yeah. and the theatre of it, and that's what he did. Villains, you can't be a villain and not get all those teas. No. Um, so yeah, we mentioned obviously the trade. One game in Atlanta. One game in Atlanta. Uh, apparently him and Steven Jackson were, uh, who was on the Hawks team, as you mentioned, were sat in a bar in Miami um, <laughs> watching sort of ESPN and they saw it come across the uh, the ticker that he'd been traded. They'd not even been told. Uh. And, uh, apparently it was just like, uh, two more drinks, please. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. We're going to make a night of it. Like, this is it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'd love to be the fly on the wall. That oh, that team! That team would have been Jackson. rad. Yeah. An Atlanta Hawks team with with Stack and fucking Rashid Wallace. So yeah, obviously onto the Pistons where uh, Larry Brown came in, uh, eventually replacing Rick Carlisle and uh, a North Carolina guy, obviously. So Rashid obviously felt at home with him and stuff. It seems to be quite a bond with those guys. There's stuff about you know the, the way they play, the, the way game they play, stuff, well, the and, values. Yeah. 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 Um, so um, culture. Culture, if you will, yeah. Um, so Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, obviously, but he really made the difference uh, yeah. on that team, and uh, they were a good team for a long time. Obviously, won the title, uh, destroyed the Lakers, destroyed really. them, yeah. absolutely. I remember him destroying uh, Medvedenko, game four of that, just absolutely, just put him in the fucking torture chamber down low and stuff, and um, so got his chip, which you know can't take that away from him. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think they were. Um, I think. They were a very defensive team, weren't they? They were a very defensive yeah. team and they bought that they built themselves in that image. But um until until Rashid was there, that the, the dog were barking but it didn't have any bite. Yeah, they were kinda of like that Sixers team Iverson was on Larry Brown coach where yeah. they, very sort of workman like and stuff. Hard nosed workman like, but without until Rashid it was all bark and no bite. Yeah. And yeah. that that was the difference, if you know yeah. what I mean. That was the difference. Because people forget like big Ben Wallace wasn't very big. If you know what I mean. That he, he was undersized, wasn't he? Yeah, he was uh, very undersized. And had very limited offensive game as well, which she could just do a lot more, couldn't he? He could facilitate and mm. uh, obviously, you know. And players like Rip Hamilton and stuff just weren't uh, that, that no. same forceful personality. No. And I think he he came to really define that team. Yeah. Obviously, sort of onto the Celtics after that and you could see this the kind of athleticism if there was any left so the waistband of, had got a bit wider yeah um conditioning maybe not not the best and so decided he was going to reinvent his gains shoot yeah. took some threes a bit more yeah maybe too many threes yep. at that point but uh, and then and then came out of retirement for that one last run one with last that, run with the Knicks that crazy Knicks team with a right bunch of characters on yes uh, Jason Kidd and uh, who else was on that team? Jason Kidd, Mello, uh, Tyson Chandler, Tyson possibly. Chandler. Yeah, there was um, a lot of dudes it was the post Mello trade Steve scene, Novak wasn't it? So and, it was just yeah. like whatever they could sling together. Um, 
But yeah, fun bunch. He, but he speaks really fondly of that. Apparently, he loved the Knicks growing up as a kid and stuff. And he's like, I couldn't turn down. Yeah, no, I, it felt very much like he pay, was. Pay it, it, yeah, it was a bucket list and, thing for for yeah, Rashid. Yeah, it's a shame he kind of didn't get there a few years. And early. if you're if you're a player of from a certain age, from a certain era, mm. which doesn't exist now, if you know what I mean, but the young players won't have that. But it meant a lot. I'd imagine to see. A, a Knicks with Wallace on the back. Yeah, if you know absolutely. what I mean, would be like that's mine. And he seems like he's a genuine sports fan as well. You can yeah. tell, can't you? You know, he's into his football and his hockey and well, baseball. You know, he's just a genuine. Which I think a lot of it is awareness about the, yeah. how the NBA actually is structured yeah. and works comes from. Yeah, so a full-time all-star. So if you look so. at the numbers as well, it, you know it, that was a kind of good recognition of actually how much he did for teams and stuff because. None of his, he wasn't a Dan, D'Angelo Russell situation where his numbers just like, oh, right, we'll put him in the All Star yeah. team because he's averaging 23 or whatever. So, um, yeah. Des- I, I think he it. seemed like the sort who uh, knew exactly um, what. It, it seems like his detractors weren't on the playing side of the game. Whether you're on his team no. or not, it was the press, it was David Stern's fucking retarded rule <laughs> rule by diktat era well yeah I mean David Stern has an idea of how he wants his players to talk to the media and stuff and then well, Rashid Wallace is you know sat there the same both teams play hard my man Rashid do you think it was a good game do you think both teams play hard both teams play hard both teams play hard both teams play hard God bless and good night that's not what the NBA wants I think that's why I loved him so much he was kind of like I'm not going to be yeah, dude, you want me to be just to go along with a charade of, you know, your what your image of the NBA should be and stuff and whatever you're trying to sell. Yeah, uh, and I really respected that. And it's just the, it's NBA folklore, isn't it? This stuff and the, the ball don't lie stuff as well. Yeah, you know, it's become part of like parlance and sports talk and stuff. Sports and, now, you know, not even yeah, basketball. Yeah, like cross the sport. Tony Romo used it uh, really? when. Um, Somebody missed a field goal in the pl- in the NFL the other week. Like yeah. he didn't think it was a penalty or whatever. Oh, okay, it shouldn't have been so a yeah, penalty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so he's like that's crept into popular culture and stuff, which is uh, yeah, it's quite unique. Uh, that, for, yeah, no, for, that, that's what I mean. He is an, an icon in 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 and as much basketball has culture. Rashid Wallace is a cultural icon for that reason. And he did, didn't he once get who's was, was the whack man? Oh, Whack you out, um, Ron Te- Garretson. Teed him up for looking at him. It was Ron Garretson. Yeah, teed him up for in, looking uh, at him in the uh, Lakers game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, teed him up for looking at him. Steve Smith chasing him, going, he's saying, "Get away from me, Steve! Get away from me, yeah, Steve!" Yeah. I warned him once. He's looking at me in a threatening manner. I'm like, well, I thought the dude was going to start crying. Yeah, it's, like... it's just like, wow, yeah, um, brilliant. Holy Absolutely fuck! Fucking hilarious. Holy fuck! Yeah. I think he teed him up just before that because he was sat on the baseline just grinning at him. Yeah, and, uh, and just, just like, yeah, a lot of that stuff. Just, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. It's he, he refused to tweak his sort of attitude just to suit their sort of perception of, you know. It reminds it, me of be a, another Tim Duncan, yeah, if you will. You know, it reminds mean? me of a my my favorite photo is a my favorite photo of all time is of a, a bloke called August Lustmeiser. I think he was Luftmeiser. I think. Uh, and uh, he was a German guy who had a Jewish wife and uh, Hitler came to visit the factory he worked at. And you can see the picture and there's there's literally this fervent crowd of, I don't know, in, in the shot there's, I don't know, 500 people. And like and they're all giving it the right arm Z-guile. And if you look suddenly in the middle of it, sticking out right there, 
is this guy with his fucking arms folded and this big fuck you grin on his face. He'd <laughs> love to send me this. And that, that that's who Rashid Wallace yeah. was, if you know what I mean. That fuck you. And yeah. that's what I always loved about him. Yeah. Yeah. Frustrating to watch at times because you just thought, oh, just rain it in a little bit, you might. Because you, you couldn't know. watch him. Yeah. You were watching him walk off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, a beloved sort of figure. And um, yeah, seems like a decent sort. And um, yeah, now, as we said, now coaching high school kids in, yes. uh, in North Carolina, I believe. I so, hope it leads uh, to something bigger because he's the sort of. Yeah. I don't know. He represents the kind of like a transition from basketball that was to mm. what basketball that is, which mm. I think where we might miss, mm. particularly as uh, an unselfish team first guy who didn't demand the ball all the time because he realized it was a team game and he realized that's how they were going to have success and um, yeah yeah i mean and no disrespect are obviously based on this thing but um i worry that a lot of the only ex-players that get opportunities look a lot like steve kerr and steve nash yeah the and that isn't necessarily what i loved about basketball or what i would if you know what i mean that yeah Mm. you'd want a gatekeeper of the culture but Sheed, yeah, welcome uh, to the Clarence Hall of Fame. Pop yes. yourself down there. Yes. Um, with the other Blazers and stuff. And um, yeah, we'll uh, be opening the gates again. Put on a headband and some Air Force Ones. Put on your headband and your Air Force Ones. And uh, we salute you, sir. Um, glorified air. Glorified, <laughs> glorified, rarefied air. Yeah. One of the, well, yes. Yeah, I think that pretty much does it for today. Yeah. Um, we'll see how this uh, pandemic sort of affects the league in coming weeks. Um, I think it's going to get worse before it gets any better, sadly. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I and, and yeah, we're just kicking a can down the street with the issues on congestion and pile-up. Yeah, I think we could be seeing some maybe changes in the format come March and uh, possibly a reduction in games. I hope so. I can't see how we can carry on like this. No, no, you can't. It seems silly. You can't. We'll end up with another fucking bubble type playing tournament where there's like four or five teams that were like, ah, fuck you. And you know what? They'll be like, oh, it's all right because it doesn't even matter if we lose or win because the, of the odds on the lottery now change, mm. haven't they? Yeah. Uh, Gavin, thanks for your time. That's as right. always. And um, yeah, like, subscribe, rate, follow us in all the usual places. Um, email the show. Email if there's any players you think are deserving of a spot in the. And the Clarence Hall of Fame. I think we've got a few names to work with still. Yeah, we've still got plenty. Yeah. Um, I guess the keeps giving. Until next time, peace out. Goodbye.